That's the sound of the horn. Welcome to a triumphant playoff W postseason championship run. Larry OB Clipcast. I'm your host, oh, Chris Co-Wild. With me, as always, is Burbank Hank. Savor the W, wow. Burbank. Man, I'm savoring the W. We'll get to the Porzingis technical ejection, but it just feels good to win right out the gate, man. Big win in the bubble. Now, is that a new playoff rule that they just now instituted? Is that if you get a second T, you get thrown out? <laughs> Man, listen, the truth oh, is... Oh, it's not. If so you, it sounds like it's not a new no, rule. So it sounds no, like it's always it's been the there. Same so it rule. sounds and like look, he should have known, Hank, just like Pat Beverly knew he had five fouls basically the entire fourth quarter. So he knew the next foul he was getting thrown out. Well, Przingis got an early tee, so he knew the next tee he was getting thrown out. And then he went over and caused a beef that was not even existent. He went in and got in a scrum and shoved a guy. You can't do that. You cannot do that. No, he was sort of charging at a guy when the heat had sort of subsided. From where I was sitting, it seemed as though the trouble was over. And then he went in guns blazing, trying right, to start Marcus it back up Morris, again. I'm sorry, education that's a reform senior fouled Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic didn't like the foul, kind of sh- just like aggressively got Marcus Morris off him. Marcus Morris turned and faced him, but did not throw any blows, did not throw any shoves. And I just wish, but we can't because he's all the way in the bubble. I just wish we could get Marcus Morris, education reform senior, on the show because he's the big star of the game. He did wonderfully for us. He got Przingis thrown out of the game. I just wish he would get on this extra special postseason L.A. Clipcast. But sadly, there's no way to get him. He's in the bubble, right, Hank? There's just no way to get that kind of footage. You don't have those sorts of connections. Well, wait just a GD second because this what? is a special Clipper Nation Clipcast Bubble Campus celebration. First W, 15 to go. Let's get that Larry OB. We've got Marcus Morris, Education Reform Senior, on Clipcast. We're going to cut to him and hear from him right from the horse's mouth. And now I say horse's mouth. I don't like that term because we're playing a team, the Dallas Mavericks, where if you look at that logo, it's a lot like if uh, – cute girl from the 80s had sex with a horse and they had a baby they would make the (laughs) dallas mavericks logo she's got like the bangs in front of her face she's Uh, got she's a blue horse i don't love their uh, logo you know people love the hogo the logo when we were now listen we broadcast our game live tonight on hot mic it was really awesome some great clippers fans came and watched the game with us a lot of fun i misunderstood you when you were first talking about the logo I thought you meant it looks like a logo from the 80s of a horse. And so I was agreeing with you and then saying, oh, yeah, it's like you'd see on the back of a satin pink, uh, you know, satin pink jacket with the tube sure. sock sleeves. The and it would be all up. rhinestoned and bedazzled. Plastic you actually bracelets. mean that the logo looks like a like a Catherine the Great situation where a lady in the 80s yes. had relations with a horse and then An had a 80s baby? 80s girl with bangs. And a horse baby? Made love with a horse. I don't like it. And they like had it. some sort of bestiality hybrid, and that is the logo, the current logo for the Dallas Mavericks. Now, a lot of people take a big old deuce on the Clippers logo. 
I'll tell you something. The Clippers logo doesn't make me feel like a horse and an 80s girl had a baby. And I, I, I just think you leave Zenyatta and Seattle Slough out of it and you just play basketball and you don't worry about the dang logos. But that's just me, Hank. Marcus Morris was fantastic. Marcus Morris, a lot of Clipper fans throwing him under the bus going into the bubble saying he wasn't getting it done. He gave you big numbers when he was a New York Knickerbocker. But here he is in a Los Angeles Clipper and he's not giving you the numbers that you wanted and, and why you traded for him. And then look at what he's done. He had one bad bubble game, and then he's been lights out. And he basically just won us that Clipper playoff game, him and Pat Beverly, and then obviously Kawhi and Paul George. It was a great team effort. We got nothing from Reggie Jackson. We got nothing from Landry Shamit, but we got lots of stuff from Lou Williams. You know, Pat Beverly had some rust flakes, as did Montrez Harrell had some rust flakes, but they kicked him off, they dusted him off, and we got the W much to the chagrin of Dallas Mavericks fans who who only have two stars and they lost one of them because one couldn't keep his cool. That was that was amazing. Obviously, it was a make or break play. Yeah, and I actually had uh, got dragged a little bit on social media um, about oh the the refs want the Clippers to win. P.S. Oh, since when the refs the refs went to the line uh, the refs the Clippers went to the line four times less than the Mavs did. Okay, mm-hmm. the truth is that Luka Doncic had double digits turnovers. And despite the fact that Reggie Jackson and Landry Shamit combined for a grand total of 24 minutes and zero points, we won. Now, we don't know what would happen if Porzingis had not been ejected from the game. We're sure as heck going to find out what happens when we match up against them. And by the way, he had 14 points and six rebounds when he went out. The dude is a stud. Uh, And Tim Hardaway Jr. jumped in and brought in 18 points and was crushing it from three. I want to say he hit four threes, five threes, something like that. Uh, Must have been four threes. But, like, we don't know what happened, but the truth is we won the game. Porzingis was exhibiting mental weakness by going in and getting into a fight at all. If you have one Mentally technical weak. foul, you should stay away from trouble. And I and I just he went agree. looking for I understand it. Sports stars across the country are chiming in on Twitter saying that it was a soft call. Kevin okay. Love and LeBron you, James both what are you, chimed in. What are you How about you both shut the hell up? Well, if you're a ref, you know you have a, a team instigating. You know he have a team. Dude, he went over and he pushed a guy on the opposing team, which you cannot do. And when you push a guy on the opposing team, you get a T. And when you already have a T, even if that one T was questionable because you did overreact, oh, it's the playoffs, let them play. No, dude, that's what the refs are there to do. And first of all, you're you're talking about Patrick Beverly's Clippers, Montrez Harrell's Clippers. If those guys can rein it in, then certainly Chris stops can of Pringles needs to can his Pringles and rein it in, especially when he already has one T. If you want to question a T, it was that first one, not the second one, where he literally rolled up to Marcus Morris and shoved him. Inexplicably, they were not going to get into a fight between Luka Doncic and Marcus Morris, but Christoph Przingis tried to be a unicorn and an enforcer. Sorry, pal. Know your lane. Pick your road. You're a unicorn. You're a tall freak of nature who can hit threes. You are not an enforcer. Marcus Morris would have broken you, but because he's a savvy veteran leader, he didn't. He didn't physically break you. He mentally broke you. Got you kicked out of the game. What a gutty W. What a smart veteran W by the playoff savvy Clippers veterans. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Marcus Morris Sr., Patrick Beverly.
Yeah, and by the way, Luka Doncic is no joke. Oh, it's an amazing uh, line. I mean, 41 points. 11, 41 and 11 for a double-double, Hank. 41 points and then the 11. What was the 11? Was that rebounds wait, or assists? Wait. 42 points is the playoff debut. His, like That's a record for a playoff debut. It, and it, was, a, it for, was a historic 40, performance. He did, have a, he did have a ton of turnovers. 42 and 11. So that was yeah. in a histo- 42 points, the most points in an NBA playoff uh, premiere. And then the 11, was that assists or rebounds? Because I saw you got a double-double in the statistics. All right. We both know it was turnovers, but he did get nine assists and seven rebounds. The guy is no joke, and we so need to come correct. So he was one assist on short day. of a triple-double, except for the double-digit in question, was turnovers. Guess what he got? He got a NBA playoff high all-time playoff debut with 42 points. Guess another record he broke. Most turnovers in a playoff debut ever with 11. So you take the good, you take the bad. And speaking of yin and yang, I thought it was very prophetic that karma bit Pat Beverly in that backside that I love so much because he went to the free throw line late and he missed back-to-back free throws like he rode Dame Dollar for doing so hard when the Clippers bench emasculated the Blazers earlier a couple weeks ago or a week ago in the bubble. I thought it was so funny that he dogged Dame Dollar so hard for missing back-to-back free throws, and then Pat Beverly goes to the line and misses back-to-back free throws. But it didn't didn't matter. Pat Beverly saved us that game, won us that game with those great offensive rebounds late in the game, even though he had five fouls. That deep corner free three, excuse me, he was free for three and sunk it from the corner, and we hadn't hit a three in forever. We missed eight in a row, and all of a sudden Pat Beverly's open for a corner three, gets it. Breaks open the door for threes. Paul George hits another three, and we just won. Kawhi Leonard hit all his free throws late to win us the game. We just won the game, and we played team ball. And Reggie Jackson crapped the bed, and Landry Goshcharnett crapped the bed. But Marcus Morris, education reform senior, did not crap the bed. And I say we hear from him now, especially with that tete-a-tete between him and Canna Pringles, Kristaps Przingis. Let's go to it now. I thought it was great. You know, it was a, uh, they went small, so we, you know, we just matched them. And, uh, that just shows the versatility of our team. Um, you know, it could have been Jay Mike, it could have been me, it could have been a lot of other guys out there. Uh, you know, it worked out good for us. I think it goes off just the matchups. Uh, you know, I think from game to game, I think it may vary because we got so many uh, veteran guys that, you know, that can be in different slots. And, and, uh, you know, that's been that's been here before. So, you know, I just think it goes off this game plan, the lineups. I think we just adjust to it well. Definitely was different. Um, you know, I can't can't lie about that. But at the same time, I'm a professional. So, you know, I know the level of intensity that we need with or without fans. And, uh, you know, we, you know, we put that behind us and, you know, we have a goal to win, you know. And, uh, you know, I think we did that. Uh, it definitely was a little different, though, man. Um, you know, I just allow you know allow the game to come to me, and you know, uh, guys did a great job of finding me. We have you know elite scores on this team, and you know, I just play off of them, keep space, and you know, when it's my turn to attack, I attack, and uh, just be viable uh, all over the court. Twins, and you know, with the with the Porzingis thing and the uh, Ruby thing, I didn't think it was much of nothing, honestly. Uh, I think uh, Luca had thought that I was being, I guess, 
extra physical or something. But if you look at the film, I actually wasn't doing anything. Um, you know, I, I didn't think uh, I didn't think it was enough to get technical fouls. You know, I wish that Porzingis played because you know it's playoffs, man. Nobody should get thrown out in the playoffs, and um, I know that really hurt their team. So. Not my fault, but you know, I didn't think it was that serious. I love Marcus Morris, man. I love him. People have been clowning him. People have been dogging him. He has been grouped in with Reggie Jackson and Landry Shamet as being underperformers. But the guy is a veteran, and we're seeing him. He got hot just at exactly the right time coming into the playoffs. Uh, I want to go back just one second about what you said about Patrick Beverly missing the free throws. We are really that was at a very key moment in the game. We had the lead. But that would have given us the cushion. That would have been the nail, those two free throws. And there was a moment there where I didn't speak up, where all I was thinking was, oh, Lord, please, please don't let us lose this game. And then Pat Beverly has to hear from Lillard nonstop and from the rest of the league. Like we <laughs> for really, the rest of his life. <laughs> we really dodged a bullet on that one. Uh, but, man, I have loved Marcus Morris. 19 points is, is very nice. Six rebounds. Yeah, so nice. Let's yeah, not dude. forget Evita Zubats, 10 and 10 with a double double in the playoffs. Um, and it. even though his line is not as strong as Kawhi's line, my Hank's player of the game is Paul George, man. His 27 points, his 27 points, two rebounds, three assists is not Kawhi Leonard's 29 points, 12 rebounds, six assists. But Paul George, Paul George, if there's if it's possible to have scoring as an intangible. The moment in the game when he got hot was key to this victory. The moment when he started get, getting his handle on and draining threes was key. McCoy Leonard is, to me, quickly becoming the king of the mid-range shot. He's this like 16 to foot, 18 foot guy who, when you least expect it, will just start making buckets when we really desperately need buckets. Oh, absolutely. Um, Kawhi Leonard's key to his playoff prowess and playoff success is the two-pointer. Everybody knows it, Hank. And I'll tell you who my Hank's player of the game is, my HPOG. You don't get to have one. I Not only do I have one, but mine oh. differs from yours. Don't. It's Marcus Morris, education reform senior. Because, look, this matchup between Dallas Mavericks and Los Angeles Clippers is a tale of two stars versus two stars. And look what our two stars just did. You're telling me 29 points Kawhi, 27 points Paul George, combining for golly gee willikers. What's the math on that? 56 big sexy points. But oh, thanks yeah. to the prowess of Marcus Morris, education reform senior, he comes in there and eliminates one of their 30-point darlings, Kristap Przingis. So, yes, Luka Doncic gets 42 points, but what were you telling me Kristaps Porzingis got before he got thrown out because of Marcus Morris's Hank's player of the game, savvy veteran leadership? What did, he, what did he get? 14 points and 14. six boards. 14. Yeah. So there you go. 42 plus 14 is 56, which is three points less than our two stars, which I think got – oh, wait. It's the exact same. They matched up 56 and 56. Isn't that, isn't that right? 29 plus 27 is 56. 42 I'm not the one who insisted on doing math at this point, but yes, it is 56. <laughs> so there you go. So had Chris Stapps Przingis stayed in the game, 
all of a sudden their two stars tally higher points than our two stars. But yeah. no tally ho. I say tally low. Thanks to Marcus Morris, my Hanks player of the game. Tonight's Hanks there. player of the Stop game it. was brought to you by, no. I don't know, Vivid Seat Studios or something. Don't know. No, your Hanks player of the game does not have a sponsorship, and my Hanks player of the game, I'm Hank, has no sponsorship. That's not even fair. That doesn't even make sense. Absolutely. Tonight's tonight's Chris Wilde's Hanks player of the game is brought to you by the chewy, chewy, nougaty, satisfying taste of Snickers. That's right. Snickers really satisfies. You're a jerk. Uh, man, it was so fun. Listen, it was so fun to be back in playoff basketball action. There were moments watching the game tonight where I really forgot that we were watching a game with no fans. Like there, like there, I know you don't like the crowd noise, but there were moments where I, there was one moment in the game, literally where I almost said in our broadcast, man, the crowd is really feeling it. And I went, Oh, Oh, <laughs> I literally no, almost said it and caught myself. <laughs> it was really fun. And man, and I've listen, said you, it many also... times and I'll say it again. I prefer bubble basketball. If I can't be there live, which obviously we would have been there hypothetically live, but also we would have been there in April. You know what I mean? It's just weird. Yeah. It is what it is. The last time the Clippers were in the playoffs was well over a year ago. It was like almost a year and a half ago for Pete's sake. It was in mid-April of 2019, which because of the son of a gun bear 2020 has been, feels like it's 10 years ago. But literally the last time we were in the playoffs, we lost in the first round to the then defending champion Golden State Warriors, who were the who would go on to be the Western Conference champs and lose to Kawhi Leonard's Toronto Raptors. But look, that was a long effing time ago, and that was a different squad. That was Montrez, Lou, and Pat's squad. And now Montrez, Lou, and Pat are on Kawhi, Paul George, and Marcus Morris's squad. It's a different feeling. We really, really are capable of doing big things. And I want to remind the Kawhi Leonard fans out there, Kawhi Leonard dropped game one, round one last year, and then went back. You know, he, he lost game one of the first rounds to, yep. like, I don't know, Orlando or something stupid. He also was down to Philadelphia. He was down 0-2 to Milwaukee. So he has come back from being down. Well, now he's got a 1-0 cushion, and we play again in less than 48 hours. I can't wait for more Clipper playoff basketball. Buddy, I feel the same way. You also said something. Uh, you made a prediction before the game that we would win if six Clippers got into double digits. And we found ourselves with Kawhi Leonard, Marcus Morris, Ivica Zubats, Paul George, and Lou Williams all in double digits, I believe around the beginning of the fourth quarter. And we got into this discussion. We were watching three players who had a chance at it. Patrick Beverly had five points. Jermichael Green had five points. Montrez Harrell had six points. Actually, I think he had four. And you said it would be Montrez. And Montrez got yep. the next bucket. And we're like, oh, six. Here he goes. Here he goes. And then Pat Beverly just started making moves. He started making stops on the defensive end. He started getting steals. He started getting in guys' pockets. And then he started making shots. Uh, and a three Did, put him up. He got to eight points. He just missed that double digit. but I uh, didn't get it. Hey, he we didn't got get w. it. But there it was right there for us, man. But that's also, I mean, look, moving forward, moving forward, if we get Six guys in double digits. We're yeah. going to get the W. And tonight oh, yeah. we still got the W despite not getting point production from a Pat, 
from a Montrez, from a J. Mike, from a Reggie Jackson, from a Landry Shamit. So look, we got yeah, the and buddy, listen, eight points is basically that we needed digits, to get the right? W. Eight points. No, is it is not. It's single digits. digits. But no, it's re- single it's, digits. But it's so close. Like it. it one it, would argue is, that nine points is closer to double digits than eight, and I well, would also one would argue, argue that, and one would argue <laughs> correctly. Uh, but I, but I do think. <laughs> Um, I do think yeah. the question's going to end up being now. Look, it looked like uh, is Re- is Reggie Jackson right? Uh, it Landry Shamit at this point, Landry Sharnett, Sharnett at this point um, has really disappointed. He really has yes. disappointed, and and I am the biggest. I'm the second biggest Clipper. He won us a playoff game last know. year, um, sure. but he's been disappointing. And Reggie, it looked like Doc was not giving up. There was a moment coming into the second half where we just said. There's no way Reggie even gets minutes. Maybe if we <laughs> right. are blowing them out, he'll get garbage time. And Doc just kept coming right. back to him. It felt like Doc was telling him, and it seemed like even when you were watching him coach him up, it seemed like Doc was sort of saying, like, shake it off. But if you were watching Reggie Jackson, he was dejected. He was Reggie dejected. Like, he literally was, like, staring at the floor. He looked like he – I mean, I'm not trying to be – I'm not trying to be cruel – he literally looked like he was trying not to cry. Do you think I'm exaggerating? I'll like, be cruel. The guy was a bum. The I know, guy but, you, but stunk I'm up talking about his gym. countenance. I'm talking. I'm asking you a question about what his face looked like. He looked to me like so oh, yeah, defeated. He was out of it. And that Doc was, was tr- Doc does not want to give up on him because we have seen Reggie have huge games, and he's the. Oh, be- dude. And if you're looking, Reggie at, will rebound from this. And dude, if you're looking at Reggie Landry and Terrence, unproven Terrence Mann. If I'm Doc Rivers, I would feel much better about hoping that Reggie can get back to where he was than Landry Shamit, or that Terrence Mann, who has zero and almost no NBA experience, definitely no playoffs experience, will somehow miraculously ramp up to what Reggie is capable of. So you just have to hope. Doc loves his veterans. Doc does not like new guys. Doc hates new players in the playoffs. Doc is not going to go to Terrence Mann unless he absolutely has to. And to a lesser extent, Landry Shamit. So, yes, I think Doc is going to ride Reggie Jackson and it's going to drive Clipper Nation crazy. But Doc has said about Reggie Jackson and Marcus Morris, those guys are going to win you playoff games. And he was right about Marcus Morris. And by God, I hope he's right about Reggie Jackson. Yeah, well, he do- I don't know that he has a choice. I really don't know that he has a choice now that I've said all of that. I, I mean, don't... he does have a choice, Hank. He, he can play Terrence Mann, who's very good. But Doc hates no. rookies. Everyone knows no. that about Doc. It's got nothing he to does. do with it's got nothing to do with that. It's got to do with experience. And Reggie has been great. So that is gonna be Reggie, I think, is the guy to watch. I think that sure. I think that most guys uh most guys did sort of what we expected, um, considering the fact, with some exceptions. Kawhi Leonard did we expect did what we expected, 29 and 12. Marcus Morris exceeded expectations. Ivica Zubats, if you told me before the game he's going to get 10 points, 10 rebounds, I'd probably say, you don't think it'll be 14 points? But, I mean, 10 and 10 is about right. <laughs> I'll take right? it. I'll take Paul it. Paul George, yeah. about right. Patrick Beverly, you know, eight points, five rebounds. Smallest guy on the court, five rebounds, and also a disruptor, intangibles. Lou Williams, 14 points. Not everything you would expect from him. No. Nope. But, but here's the two exceptions. Jamichael Green can get a lot hotter in his shooting. He can do a lot better than five points. And Montrezl Harrell, so it's his move. first game back. He's going to do a lot better than six points. So you 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 hope that these two guys 
are going to come back strong for us and give us even more than what we've seen so far. Yes. Um, yes. But you also need Reggie Jackson to perform. You absolutely need it. Because I don't Was see this, Landry you've got getting the, hot from three. I just don't see Landry Shamit getting the looks. Do you? And you've you've got the box score in front of you. This was not a 420 game. We did not have four players scoring 20 points or more. We had two guys in the high 20s and then a couple guys in the high teens, correct? Uh, not even the high teens. Marcus Morris had 19 and Lou Williams had 14. So no, there you not go. So we had nowhere near it. That's what I'm saying. Like, and that, by the way, 420 happens so much for this club. And then you add Marcus Morris, who's another guy who can light you up for 20. And with all due respect to Reggie Jackson and Jermichael Green, who can also do the same thing, we're not expecting them to do that. But we are expecting Lou, Montrez, and to a lesser extent, Marcus Morris to be able to light you up for 20 points. And we didn't get that. And we're going to get that. So there's going to be a game where Paul George and Kawhi combine for 50 and then Lou and Montrez combine for 40 and there's 90 points right there or four of them combine for 20 and there's 80 points and the rest come from the rest of your guys. So we are in great shape. I felt great about the start when we were 10 nothing. I thought they might even call the game. When you play ping pong and you go up 7-0, that's game. That's a shutout. Oh, it's this a skunk. was not table tennis, they my friends. They call it the skunk rule. It's not, it was not a skunk. This was 10-0, good guys. And then I guess I'll tip my clipper cap autographed by a team from the early 2000s to the Dallas Mavericks for getting back in it and actually being up and actually having a sizable lead that the Clippers had to come back from. And they did it with – veteran savviness and clipper chippy defense it was a great game and it's going to be a great quick series this thing's going to be over in four or five oh i'm don't sure know, dallas man. i don't know i'm sure dallas fans will tell you up, i'm i'm nervous purvis i really I don't am know, man be- look the clippers did not even play that great of a game honestly and got a great w they didn't play clipper basketball and still beat them by playing Clipper basketball, if that makes any sense, which it doesn't. <laughs> no, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> I, I just it, it the the unknown. Here's yeah. the thing. Here's the thing. To silence the doubters, we do really yeah. need to come back and whoop them with Porzingis on the court, or or as an in an alternate re- option, um, have Pat Beverly and Marcus Morris get out there and try to rile them up again and get them ejected again would be pretty great. Uh, but regardless, oh my gosh. They'll ne- none, none of those guys are getting ejected for the rest of the series. No way, no how. They're not no, going to fool no me way. one, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Come on now, Hank. But we need to beat them decisively because if All we right, so don't. Where, where do ahead. you think you and I, where do you think the Clippers are? And what do you think you and I are talking about Wednesday night for our next Clipcast after game two? I'll tell you my answer. I think the Clippers make the adjustments on defense, and yes, Dallas gets Kristaps Przingis for four quarters and Luka Doncic for four quarters, but I think the Clippers make the adjustments after watching tape and after seeing what Dallas has got to offer. I think this team is better coached and better staffed. I think the Clippers have a commanding Game 2 W, and you and I are really flying high Wednesday night. What do you think, Hank? What do you th- After tonight, what do you think about Game 2, and what do you think about this series? Uh, I do think uh, – listen, I, I think that we – I'm a big believer in learning hard lessons in an easy way. 
That is my, that is a big thing in my life that I enjoy when I learn a really hard lesson. Say, uh, I'm trying. I know, maybe that doesn't make a lot of sense. Like you get. No, it makes perfect sense. You get screwed over by somebody, but uh, but you learned to stay away from that person, and you learned it in a very benign way. So I feel a little sure. bit like this with the way we came out hot, and then the way we played after the first three minutes, four minutes of the game, I think that you could argue that we were losing the game when Porzingis went out, um, the momentum of the game, and I think that we got a win where we could have gotten a loss. Now, I will also say we watched these Clippers, minus Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, P.S., come back against the Golden State Warriors in the playoffs. I have a lot of belief that we would have seen Montres Harrell get a lot more than six points if Porzingis had not gone out. I think we would have seen more. We would have seen the Clippers respond. I don't think that this would have been a loss necessarily with Porzingis out. That said, I agree with you. I think we make the adjustments and I think we win game two. And then I think the argument is, yeah, but it should have been a split series. And then our argument back is, hey, shut up. Shut <laughs> up. It's because a strong it is counter argument. Um, I'd but like, also, like, a, to, I'd your like point, to see more assists. I, I you know, I, to, I'd like to, to but your I really point, want to see better shooting. Yeah. Look, we're going to do the work during the day off. Okay. Just yeah. like doc and his staff did the work during halftime to respond in the second half by holding the NBA's most prolific offense to 13 third quarter points with a stifling Clipper defense. So look at the adjustments we made in a half. We are going to make serious adjustments. We are going to do serious work and do much better defensively in game two. And we still held a team that averages 115.9 points per game to whatever they lost by. I think it was 118-110 at the end. And I love this fact that the Dallas Mavericks average, like I said, 115.9 points per game, a league high, best offense. But the Clippers actually hold them to 105.9, and we average an exact duplicate 115.9 versus Dallas, which we eclipsed tonight getting 118. We held them down to a lower than league average for them, 110. So we're in good shape. I, I like us game two. I can't wait to... I'll have a little bit more voice, my guess, after game two, because we did hot mic for several hours tonight, and I oh, really yeah. ran my, my, my gas tired. My parents are tired. Look, and, and I will say this. Our shooting percentage was better. We shot just over 47%. They shot almost 46%. We're just a little bit better shooting. N neither team was incredible from three. Both shot in the 34% range from three-pointers. Um, their turnovers killed them. And we got 10 more points in the paint than they did. They got twice as many turnovers. And by the way, Luka Doncic had as many turnovers as the Clippers did. We had 11 team Ooh. turnovers. So there's Take a lot that. that's going. There is a lot that's going right. And what would be really awesome would be to see some of our guys get hot from three. Specifically, what I'm looking for in game two is for everybody to do the same thing, but for Montrez to get more com comfortable, for Jermichael Green to get hot from three. And really, for Reggie and Landry to literally score one point apiece. Just anything. Just something <laughs> to start to see it. Because I'm starting right. to really worry about Reggie's confidence. 
And Landry is a guy, we've been in the locker room with him. I have so much respect for him as a player, but he is also a guy that I worry about him, his confidence. And I he's really also, would I mean, love he's to clear, see I mean, with all one due of respect. them score one flipping bucket that they can build on through this series would be pretty amazing. And then the rest of it, we just got to let our guys play their game. I mean, our, our starters looked incredible tonight. I mean, with all due respect, because we are really throwing Landry Shamit and Reggie Jackson under the bus, didn't Landry Shamit a week before the bubble go to an ice cream parlor and catch COVID-19? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not didn't throwing— Didn't he get it at, wait, a, wait, I'm didn't not he get it at an ice cream parlor? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he like, did. Like, so the guy is—we always thought this guy is, like, a brilliant guy. I think he came out of Boston College or, I don't know, some smart school. But the guy literally— Knew he was going to the bubble in a week or two and went out to get ice cream. And instead of getting a rocky road, caught himself some COVID-19. So the guy's clearly an idiot. And I want Reggie Jackson to just do me a favor in game two. Just don't suck. Because tonight, you sucked. And we still got the W. And Landry Shamit, get smart. Reggie Jackson, get not sucky. Regardless, we can win without these guys. In the playoffs, they say take your best eight and make a run. Landry Shamit and Reggie Jackson are not in the Clippers' best eight. The Clippers' top eight, and I don't even think this is up for debate, are Ivica Zubats, Montrez Harrell in the center, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Pat Beverly, Lou Williams. That's six. Marcus Morris Sr., and Jamichael Green, eight. And I think I'm even leaving someone out, but that is literally your top eight. Did you say Lou Williams? Debate. Kawhi Leonard, Lou Marcus Williams. Morris, Evita Zubats, Paul George, and Patrick Beverly were our starters. Lou Williams, Jamichael Green, Montrez Harrell off the bench are, are, eight, are the eight guys. But both of these, you keep saying that you take your best eight and make a run, but both teams played 10 players. I feel like I want to really pay attention to box scores and see if that's right, because you've been saying that for yeah, years. Yeah, but it, I, I say that for years because if you look at the minutes, the minute distribution, yeah, because we probably ended up playing 11 guys tonight, but I guarantee you Terrence Mann played like, what, 45 seconds? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, Not he even. didn't even – online he didn't even get listed with minutes because it was under one minute. Got you. So it was 10 guys who got minutes tonight, game one, right? It was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten guys, and then Terrence Mann was on the court for less than a minute. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. All right, so if you look at the top eight guys, do they have more minutes than guys nine and ten? I'm just curious. You're looking at it. I'm not. Um. Well, Reggie Jackson had more minutes than Montres Harrell. Crazy. So who? So okay. So there you go. So Doc took nine or ten guys and is making a run. I don't know that when it all comes down to it, that'll happen. Look, maybe it's a different NBA era. Maybe you don't take your top eight guys. Maybe you take your top nine guys, top ten guys. But if you look at minute distribution, I guarantee you there's six guys with a hell of a lot more minutes than everybody else, and I'm going to guess that seven and eight are higher than nine and ten. But maybe... Maybe I'm wrong. And I think when yeah, it's now listen, all said don't and forget. done. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. You'll take those averages and it will be seven, eight guys with a hell of a lot more minutes than everybody else. Yeah, now listen, we also I agree with that. We also have a different situation with the Clippers. Uh we talked about this in the last podcast. 
where we have run a ton of lineups this year. Some of that was out of necessity because sure. Kawhi would be out with load management and Paul George came back late from shoulder injury and had nagging injuries. Um, so some of that was by necessity, um, but it's the thing that has made people say that the Clippers are so dangerous. Um, I want to say it was Kendrick Perkins who said we're like the best team coming into the playoffs. And part of it is because we have all these lineups, right? right. So, um, and, and we also PS still have Joe Kim Noah that has never, that has not, is it, it wasn't even listed. Didn't even play. We've got him just no, sitting there not. and hopefully we don't need him. Uh, and I would exactly. think that we wouldn't, I think I would think that we would not need to even activate him because everybody is so fresh. They've played eight games this season. Well, I'm just looking at the minutes totals right now to go back to what I was saying. Six guys, 20 minutes or over, okay? Then add three guys in the teens with minutes. So there you go. So there's nine, there you go. There's nine guys, and then Landry Shaman had eight lowly minutes. That's 10. So basically, Doc is, take, is leaning on his six guys and then also giving decent minutes to Jermichael Green, Reggie Jackson, and Montrezl Harrell. Montrezl Harrell's getting his sea legs back, so you know Montrezl Harrell's going to have much bigger minutes moving forward. But, yeah, man, we're going to see who Doc leans on. It's all about matchups, like Marcus Morris said on the show earlier. So we're going to see, and it is not going to be boring. Based on just today alone, these NBA playoffs are going to be anything but boring. Bubble playoffs is a whole new can of worms, and I can't wait to see what happens. Will one play two? Will one through four make it on to the next round? Who will upset who? I can't wait, and we'll be here for just about all of it, Hank. I'm running out of gas. I got to pull this clipper ship over to the harbor and get ready for next game. I, I'm sorry, but I got to sound an earlier horn. Well, let me usual, just say, Hank. before you sound it early, let me just, let me just say that I'm doing that for you. Um, but the truth is, I could go for another 45 minutes. Toot, toot. <laughs> you tutor. <laughs> Shut your tutor. Shut your rooter and your tutor. Uh, can, can you do me a favor? I just don't have the pipes for a for a for a playoff horn anymore. I, yeah, I here it goes, buddy. I think that's why this team was built. A lot, of, a lot of physical guys, a lot of versatile guys, uh, you know, a lot of energy, a lot of effort. And, you know, that's what this team was built on is our versatility, be able to move, uh, slide guys in and out in all different positions, you know, Play small ball, go big, whatever you know, whatever we need to adjust to, uh, we have the guys to do it. And you know, this is a solid team right here. And uh, you know, we're gonna keep chipping away, keep chipping away, and we're gonna keep continue to get better as we go. Uh, we know what to do when he's on the court. You know, obviously his advantage is a great player over there, young rising star in this league. You know, like I said earlier, I don't think nobody should be doing a playoff game. I didn't think it was that serious, but hey, we still gotta play. And, you know, obviously, uh, getting us an advantage down the stretch with only having Luca really dominant score, you know, out there. So definitely working in our range. Have a good night. Thank you.